<laughs> You're on the air, Fitz. Cool. It's all you, buddy. Show's oh, we're live? Oh, I even gave him five seconds. <laughs> and then I pushed him in the mouth. Oh, wait. <laughs> 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 Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. All right. <laughs> well, hello, everybody. Welcome to our, well, Happy New Year, actually. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, first ever broadcast of the new year, and we're live on YouTube uh, and uh, this is this is neat. We we always like to do our YouTube uh, broadcasts because they're kind of fun and interactive with our fans as well. And we get to look at each other's ugly mugs in the face. Uh, see our workshops. See our workshops. Yes, of course. Lee has Lee and Terry have a nice workshops. Mine is not even in my workshop. I'm at home, looking at nothing behind me. I think you can only see rafters on mine at the moment. Uh, do you do something? No, just the way the camera angle is. And he just likes to shoot up. Yeah. Wait, no, oh, don't don't say that. <laughs> that could be taken the wrong way. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hold on one second. <laughs> hey, everybody. Ah, <laughs> yeah, we're ready. <laughs> Sorry, we had a whole bunch of technical difficulties getting this thing started. We always do. You think we'd write this down sooner or later so we could figure it out. Uh, yeah, really. But we just uh, fumble our way through it every time. That just means we got to do it more often, right? I suppose. All right. Well, I guess without any further ado, let's get to show and row, I guess, eh? Thanks. Hey. All right. We'll start with uh, new products. Do it. All right. Let's do the rock this joint. Okay. So, first up is uh, these guys uh, make kits. Terry, I think you've done a kit from these guys before, the old school people. Old school model works, right? Old school model I, works, yes. Yeah, I did the Sky Ranger 40. And a few episodes ago, we talked about the Wayfarer, which is a powered glider thing. And Ooh. now they've got a new model that's, um, I think it's going to be the first in a series of profile fuselage classic racers. The first one is the Weddell Williams Model 44, which I probably wouldn't be able to visualize that if you told me by the name. But when you look at it, you're like, oh, yeah, I've seen that before. Uh, it kind of looks like a GB, but it's not a GB. Like a GB? A GB. <laughs> Um, so like all their other kits it's a laser cut um build it yourself kit and uh, it looks pretty cool and <laughs> looking at the features on here uh, it's got some neat stuff like unlike other balsa profile kits i've seen this one has a tray where you can put the flight battery in in the middle of the fuselage you're not sticking it to one side or the other and something else that i thought was cool is there's a little door on the side by the nose where if you have to add nose weight, it's kind of a compartment for you to shove in nose weight and not have to leave it hanging out in the breeze. So, yeah, know, it looks like it looks really stuff. nice. Yeah, yeah, I like um, it, it's kind of kind of weird looking in just the bones, but when they painted it up, it looks really nice as sort of a GB style racer. Well, it's modeled actual after an actual machine, so the Weddell Williams was a real thing. Yeah. Uh, Nilo profile. I like how they, they say you can do glow and electric with it. Oh, yeah. I, I meant to mention that. It, the prototype that they show on the website is electric, but yeah, you can do glow. 
What's the wings? I don't have the website up. What's the wingspan on it? Uh, 44, 44 inches. Yeah, okay. So I think it's going to be your 40 size sport flyer thing. And have you watched the video? Yeah, uh, there's only a short video of it in the bones. I didn't see one of it flying. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There's a flight video. It looks uh, like it's pretty urban. I not see that. Oh, I guess I missed it. I guess uh, this is the distance between the trailing edge of the wing and the leading edge of the elevator. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, it's short, man. Well, yeah. It's really short. <laughs> it seems to fly well. It looks like oh, a, yeah. a fun fly kind of thing. I mean, I know this is weird, but if we talk about kit bashing, it's almost a plane I'd like to convert to U control. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it really does. If my first thought was like, hey, well, that's a cool looking U control. Oh, wait, it's, it's RC. Yeah, it's not <laughs> a far stretch. I'll that's a good. good point. It looks like it make a really neat U control. Um, some people go the other way around. They convert old U-Control kits to RC, which, why not? It's an airplane, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, let's just go backwards. <laughs> let's go U-Control. <laughs> no, but it's, it, I like it. I mean, but I, uh, I think the the, the 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 end of the fuselage is so short. But, yeah, I mean, like like other, like a GB, it is it is always short. And yeah. it was flying really good. It, it's kind of like it's a little profile, you know, 3D plane. Now, yeah. we have, you know, it's, uh, we do have... Does somebody have a visual they can put up? Yeah, I'm going to put up a visual if this works. You see that? There it is. Yeah. Okay, so here's the Wonder Worms. Uh, there it is in the bones. And there it is, all dressed up and purdy. Yeah. Uh, I think this is the video. I must have missed this one. Are you going to play the video? Do a video? <laughs> RC Inception. Abort, no, abort. That's not, just give them the link. They'll figure there it out. Was, and and remember, we have audio listeners, too, who are going to listen to this podcast. They're, they're going to be like, what am I, what am I doing? <laughs> well, we do a description. And here we have the eraser. <laughs> I don't know. Fly's kind of choppy. <laughs> <laughs> it ruined Fly's choppy. So, uh, Those great point rolls. Make sure in the real world you turn up your resolution and your bandwidth. Yeah, that right. also did a nice little knife edge. So, yeah. okay. so there you go. That's, That's enough of that. <laughs> Come on, spoil sport. Where it is. It's a very nice looking plane. Uh, yeah, nice and simple. I assume it's easy to build, but, you know. And like I said, I think this is going to be the first of several in a series of classic racers. So it'll be interesting to see what else comes out. I assume in the same size and the same you know, general layout oh so they have more planned that's what i've heard yes and they call oh. it the trophy racers which you know would suggest there's more to come yeah so. be kind of fun to race them too i guess as these little sort of super to form racers yeah i guess if they're all pretty consistent and and layout from the looks of it it's got a pretty thick airfoil so you're not going to be going that fast but whatever mm -hmm. as long as they're all evenly matched who cares ah cool yeah all right well uh, do you think you might get one to build at some point Mm -hmm. I think my winter this year is already spoken for, ah. but uh, never say never. Never say never. Yeah. That's cool. It's already January, and yeah. all the stuff I had planned for the winter, I'm going to need an extra long winter this year. So okay. whatever the groundhog cool. is supposed to do to keep winter. Well, ah. well it looks like it'd be fun. Uh, yeah. The uh, the laser cutting looks really nice. It looks like a, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, real quick, uh, we got some people listening. I want to say hello to some of our people out there. It looks like we got Scott Will and Steve Wattenberg. Hey, guys, how's it going? Thanks for uh, chiming in. Oh, also, uh, Bradley. Bradley Minanoga. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, I've started um, 
since we had technical issues, we wanted to do this on Facebook, but we had some technical issues trying to get all of us three together to broadcast simultaneously. So I started a real quick live feed on our Facebook page to point us to the YouTube page so they can look at us, if that made any sense. If it no, doesn't, don't worry about I it. I did too, so we've like just inundated our our. Oh, did you? Like our Facebook yeah, viewers <laughs> with go see us on YouTube. Yes. <laughs> Fitz, did you say that Scott Will is one of the listeners? Scott Will, yes. Okay, he's the the airline pilot that sent us the email yesterday. Yes, he says, in so, fact, he's killing time on an airline layover. Okay, well, there you go. Thanks for joining, Scott. Yeah. Thanks for Wait, reaching Scott. out yesterday. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was a fantastic email for <clears throat> the details, but it was, uh, thanks, appreciate it. Uh, Okay, so what's that? Also, feel free to uh, send us questions, messages, uh, hate things on, uh, oh, Meat Fair Demo Race. Oh, oh, yeah, Steve posed a question about from the uh, um, Wendell Williams play, we have a Neat Fair Demo Race. That'd be kind of neat. Oh. It'd be neat at neat. Yeah, you know, they did, well, I think we talked about it, they did the Foamy uh, organized race last year, the Soncraft planes, and that was pretty cool, kind of a one-design thing, and... Uh, yeah, I suppose they could do that with the balsa planes hmm. this year. The old school guys are based in Ohio, so that's not a horrible distance to go from you. No, that's in your relatively neighborhood, I guess. Yeah. Not Texas, as they would say. There's <laughs> Texas and then not Texas. There's Texas and everywhere so, else. Yeah. Texas, not Texas. <laughs> Texas. <laughs> All right, what's next on our list? All right, next we have something. <laughs> oh, this is this is a Terry's. Yeah, is this, is, uh, this is kind of neat. This is uh, Terry, you want to talk about this? I like I it. I don't know. What is it? I don't have the list of This is the, uh, the module for the Night Radiant that changes oh, right, the right. light sequence. Yeah. So on the last episode, when you weren't around, Fitz, um, Lee and I were talking about the Night Radiant, and we theorized that somebody either has or would come up with a, a module, some sort of widget that would let you control the LED functions via your transmitter. And right after that, one of our listeners, uh, Craig Sigmund, contacted me and said, you're right, there is one already out there. And he also invited me to join a Facebook group for the Night Radiant specifically that talks about that controller. And uh, so I ended up ordering one. It's the, I forget the name of it, maybe the Radiant Light Controller. And it's made by this small outfit in Canada, uh, J. Bauer Electronics. Uh, 25 bucks for the board. And I think I paid another seven bucks to get it shipped here. It is not a plug and play item. You have to do some soldering. And basically it's three electronic switches that are in parallel with the mechanical switches that come with the kit. Um, but other than that, oh, there you go. Um, and it does what it says. So I've got one and it's installed and I've been using it and yeah, it works. The one caveat with all this is that the radio space and the radian is already a little bit tight so it takes up even more of that, but I was able to figure it out and make it where it's not a big deal. So I've got some pictures here. That's How what an exacto's for. Uh, no. <laughs> you mean to carve out the phone? <laughs> yeah, I'll get it in there. Yeah. Right. So how do I show something from my screen on here? There's a little screen share button on your left, Terry. You have to scroll to the left. It's a little green screen with an arrow. I might have to deactivate it. Hold on. Okay, there we go. Well, I'm on Terry right now, so. But yeah, you see the little screen share option, Terry? No. 
What am I looking? Oh, there we go. Use Does your hands. My... Describe it with your hands. <laughs> Does, it... Does it show my whole screen or do I select a window? You have to select one and then uh, hit OK because right now I still see your your face. Oh, I, see. I don't see your screen yet. Yeah, hold on. I'm working on it. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't understand. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. There we go. Now? Yay. Okay, so let me maximize this. So can you see my mouse on here? Like, oh, yeah. Here? Yes, okay, so this is Just the move module. it slowly because it's a, got a bit of a delay in choppiness. Okay, so where my cursor is, that's the new module. And what you see over here, this is the stock switch panel. And this is the BEC that comes with the Radian. So basically, you add these wires to put these electronic switches in parallel with the mechanical switches. And if you want to have on-off capability for the LEDs, you also put the BEC uh, linked up to the board. I just did this for example, but I didn't want the on-off capability because I figured I might accidentally do it sometime. Oh, I'd love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, once there were some hurdles to get this done because I have the, is it not bind and fly? Is it bind and fly? The one that comes with the receiver, that version. Bind and, fly. and so there were some hurdles with that that we can talk about in a little while. Um, but in terms of the module itself, it works. So if you have a night radian, radian and you are somewhat handy with the soldering iron for 25 bucks, you can control your LED from the transmitter. And it uses one three position switch and one momentary switch. So basically the three position switch tells you which of these switches you're emulating. And then the momentary switch actually does the switch function. So now I stop sharing. Yeah, it's interesting. It's you got to sort of hack into it um, to work. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't feel like I was hacking. Well, I, I know. Yeah, I meant that in a good way. Yeah, I don't know if it mentions it on the website, but you do want to be fairly competent and comfortable with a soldering iron, and not like big eighteen gauge wire, but surface mount stuff. And that's I, I think that's technically uh, is hardware hacking, believe it or not. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, probably. But uh, excuse me while I send a text. My older kids just came home, and now they're banging on the piano. So, <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that. I, the piano I'm, is right above me. I'm not dissing the device because I think it's great, and I think it would be worth it because we've been talking about getting a radian here in the house, or you know, the I'm, night radian. Not, okay. <clears throat> but after looking at that photo, because I hadn't seen all your stuff yet, Terry, I wonder if someone's going to take it a step further and actually make it so you can just completely disconnect the stock device without having to add another one. So you're yeah. not, you don't have two, you just have one third party device that will actually run the lights and a sequencer. Right. That would be nice. And again, I guess fewer components is better just in terms of reliability. That's why I took out the mechanical switch that comes with it. there's an on off switch that it seemed pointless to me if i want it on i'll plug it in if i want it off i'll unplug it so why have a switch too but um because it's cool when you're flying and you turn the lights off people where to go and it comes up over here <laughs> well no i mean i mean for the normal the stock radiant it has a mechanical on off switch so to turn oh, on the lights sorry. You, you plug in the balance cord and then you flip a switch well, why the heck do you need to flip the switch too? It's just yeah. something else to break. So I, I cut that off. Now, let me show this other picture of the installed unit, and I'll show you how I kind of tidied things up. Um, and here we go. So this is everything mounted in there. Um, 
And the stock form, this is the switch panel, and it just kind of flops around in the cockpit. But I was able to mount it to this firewall here. And when I mounted the new light controller, I did it back to back with the stock one and then encapsulated the whole thing with heat shrink and then was able to put it all back up here. So it's it's fairly out of the way. But it, it does take some finagling to get all of that stuff tidied up and have room. And because of the CG on this plane, you, you're going to have to move the battery forward. So you can't really just leave stuff hanging out. That's hard to visualize, I'm sure, just from these little pictures. But when you've got one in front of you, you'll see what I'm talking about. You just want to hot glue all that on top of the canopy? You could, but then how are you going to take the canopy off? <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. You're being facetious. Yeah, I meant on the outside of the canopy. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Anyway, I've um, I finished it. I flew it the other day and into the evening, and it's pretty cool. I, I really appreciate being able to change the light patterns while you're flying. It's a neat effect. Yeah, it is really nice. Yeah, other than having to land and push the button and try another one. And yeah. some of them are much more conducive to visual orientation than others, and some are just more fun to look at. And also changing the speed of the light patterns. I and mean, it's I thought it was just kind of a hokey thing that would be fun to do, but there's real benefit in being able to control that from the ground. So if you have a light radiant that you fly a lot, I would urge you to look into this. Yeah, it's really clever. Yeah. And again, we'll talk a little bit more in a few minutes about the hurdles to get it going that weren't related to the board itself, but interesting stuff that I think will catch Lee's attention because it deals with safe. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say fire and smoke, but okay. Well, it might. <laughs> that, could still, that could still be safe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What else do we have? Okay. I want to I pick between one of these two. We got so much to talk about. I'm, this okay, is the coin between the glider and the smart tech. I say yeah. omit the glider. All right. Click. That's just me. Done. Okay. <laughs> that was easy. Well, that was easy. Okay. So next up is something, Lee, this is something you kind of talked about before where you were interested in having an easier time of charging your batteries uh, with um, the charger could recognize the batteries and, and it would be easier to set up and just... Uh, and we discussed there was already some options on the market, and I noticed that Horizon just came out with their own technology in regard to this, where the battery has smarts on it, actually has a little circuit board, I guess you can probably see it now, uh, right here, where you plug it in, the charger automatically knows what kind of battery it is, the charge rates, all kinds of uh, technical details about the battery, and all you do is just press a button on the charger ostensibly, and it does all the work for you. And they're calling this a smart technology. Okay, hmm. simple enough. Uh, it looks smart, like safe, smart, super. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you look, can you see my mouse? Yep. Okay, so if you look closely, I noticed the connector is the EC3, EC5 type connector, but there's a third pin in there that looks like that control has the extra data connection for the charger. Of course, you had to use our special charger, and it'll. Uh, it has a data logger built into it and all kinds of functionality and that you can apparently you can tweak it as well. So of course you have to buy their special battery pack with this little circuit board in it. Uh, and it's interesting. It also functions as a balancer as well. So you don't have to plug in, oh, I guess I scroll too far. You don't have to plug in the battery balancer to your charger just to use just that one connector. Instead of having can, two sets of and if I can kind of jump 
to my comment on it, that's the feature I like the most. Yeah. One less thing to plug in. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I know I've had batteries puff or go bad because I've let them uh, stay charged too long. Yeah, and whether it's temperature related or as well, but to have the battery all already using a device inside to slowly monitor the cells and and drain them, of course, at a very 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 light milliamp discharge rate. But it has the, a self discharge feature. It has yes, it has a self doubt. Well, I mean, I'm saying discharge, but it's a balancer, so I'm assuming it's got a discharge high voltage down a, to uh, i've had a multi-rotor that was like that if it was at a full voltage full charge voltage for more than a few days it would automatically start a discharge to a storage charge um so are you saying this has that feature that's that's what i'm gathering from what i read is is that what you got fits that it's got a, a storage if it doesn't if it's not used for a long time I it goes to a storage voltage Art, but at least it has it's always has a constant balancer on it so it can't get out of balance okay so it's not just the lead that interfaces with the charger there's an actual like a blinky remember the astroflight blinkies it's it's a tiny blinky yes it's like a little <laughs> bitty blinky in there huh. oh wait wait oh here it is um let me grow the screen back here because i thought it said storage it but... does right here it says the crowning feature is that it can be programmed to safely self-discharge to a storage condition. That's neat. On the battery pack. So, yes. We waited for years and years to have batteries that did not self-discharge. Couldn't wait to get out of NICADs and nickel hydrides. And here we are, <laughs> creating yep. computer chips to add to our batteries so they self-discharge. So this is, this is on the actual battery page. I had to go to the page that has the battery on it for the cell. And it says, smart discharge allows batteries to automatically discharge to a safe voltage. So yeah, so it'll automatically storage charge them apparently, so you don't get the, you won't have any battery faults if you store them charged or something like that. It'll keep them in the. Yeah. Okay, I, that's I can pretty see nice. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're I've not had... that much more expensive. I looked at the prices and what a three S twenty two hundred is what like thirty bucks or something. It's thirty three ninety nine. It's one one. Yeah, okay, that's not crazy. It's a bit more, but I guess if it if it has this technology to make it last longer, it might. It, could be worth it in the long run because uh, I've had batteries puff up even if I put a storage charge on them or or I forgot to put a storage charge on them let them sit they did something happen yeah uh, they puffed up so that's that's probably the one feature that I could see being a benefit for me because I don't know how smart I need my batteries to be I need me to be smart yeah not too smart All right so yeah I went shopping for a dishwasher last week and the salesperson was asking me do we want Wi-Fi on a dishwasher. No, I, I don't want Wi-Fi on my dishwasher. How, how smart does it need to be? It's just another thing to break, and yeah, I, yeah. I don't need to start the dishes from, that, from that's, Arkansas. That's an issue that's been coming up, and people are speculating that at, at one point you may not be able to get a appliance that does not have any smarts or Internet of Things attached to it. Yeah. You kind of have a choice. Eh. So Anyway, I, I appreciate the technology. It looks pretty cool. Do I need it? Is it a boon to my hobby enjoyment? Probably not. What do you think, Lee? I think the cost is pretty high. Um, I think the feature is nice. I think if you really want to control your battery usage and charging and monitor it, and you're into that, and and maybe if you're you're you know, especially like if you're doing like quad racing or something, and you've got to be really, you know 
push that pack to the limit to get as much juice as you can, I, I think it might be good. Uh, but remember, you're paying extra for the battery pack as well to have electronic devices on it. So, you know, is, is, is the value there? I don't know. It just came out, and I'd like to see some people reviewing it and using it. And gosh, you know, maybe even see if anybody I know gets one. Yeah, but you're I not can... just investing in the battery. You're investing in the charger as well. I mean, you could just buy the battery and then not utilize that other additional feature. And maybe the, I wonder if the balancer adapter can be used without having to program it with one of their chargers. So, hmm. you know, is, are there features that you can take advantage of with the battery? Like is the cell technology good? It didn't, I don't know if I gathered anything from the text that said the chemistry was any better than, you know, traditional batteries we're getting now. But they had a warehouse they... full of the old Kokum. <laughs> <laughs> what can we do with these? The old and, and, just, and to get yeah. that 10C up, they wrapped it 10 times. Or something. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. So, it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sold on it yet, but I, I, I appreciate that they are looking to find ways to extend the life of LiPos and make them better because that's why we've gotten as far as we have. LiPos have really changed our lives, I think. Um, especially from Kokum days <laughs> when you weren't hauling up a five pound battery, right? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, so I we'll think, think maybe for sport flyers, not a big deal, but for the people who traditionally push lipo batteries very hard. So like the electric pattern guys and the heli guys, I think they're the ones who are really going to appreciate this stuff and, and put it to the test. So yeah. it's probably more for the high end electric flyers than us. But I'm not, I'm, I'm not laughing at it. So you guys are thinking I was going to laugh at it because it was safe or whatever, but I'm not, no, I'm not no. laughing at it. I, I, I'd, I'd like to read more about it, but I, I, I here's the, the little comment I wrote down, which, you know, I've got to throw in my little, uh, my little jig there is that they, they got a British accent fella to talk about it in their promo video. Like being that he's British, it was just seemed more, you know, elegant, you know, like it's like a Jaguar of the lipos, you know? Uh, so it's just like, you know, that's, I just laughed hysterically. He's like, and this battery can do this smart charging and, you know, it'll do it for you and live, extend the life of your lipos. It's wonderful. Have a cup of tea while you're sitting there monitoring the, the charge rates. I don't know. Now, when they come up with one that has a case that keeps the battery warm on days like today where it's single-digit temperatures outside, <laughs> that's when I'll be interested. <laughs> but until then, yeah, I appreciate it, but I don't think it's for me. We'll see. I, now, we were just talking about hacking stuff. I wonder if you could get one of these batteries and rip it out and hack it into another battery. You mean the boards? The yeah. Or would you get the board separately? Hmm. Yeah, okay. Maybe yeah. hacking into a lipo just doesn't sound right. <laughs> hey, that's that's how I roll. Play hmm. with nitroglycerin, why don't you? Hey, it, it's fun for for a little while at least. All right. All right, moving on. All right. Well, it looks like the end of our new product segment that people haven't wanted to gouge their eyes and ears out yet. Uh, that's over with. <laughs> <laughs> so, is someone monitoring comments to see if um, uh, there's something going on there? You guys Oops. are so boring. <laughs> yeah. stop, stop talking about that. Oh, no, uh, no I, uh, Glenn, uh, Glenn from here, who won the <coughs> Tower gift certificate, said he oh, got yeah. some servos, so he said thank you. Good. You're welcome. Good. And someone mentioned that you needed hand warmers, Terry. Oh, yeah, I've go. got some techniques I use for stuff. I get those, uh, the microwave things, the rice heaters and uh, I put them in one of those sealed bags and I've got a whole process but 
it's a whole process. If the battery had something built in, you know. Yeah, if you you know, for a quick and easy way of doing it, just short out the battery. There you go. And it'll warm it up right nicely. Yep. <laughs> you know those old lipos you have, just stick a knife in it. There's your hair <laughs> <laughs> And burners. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump subject. Uh we've uh if anybody uh anyone who is an AMA member, of course, gets the model aviation magazine. And if you don't, you should be. And of course, uh, as we had the uh, the hat trick this past month in the January issue, let me go pull it up real quick here. I think not just the hat trick, but also a feather in the cap. Keith a got feather, it too. Feather oh, yeah. in the cap. So four of us, and we can count Thayer. Thayer's a columnist. Oh, so. And Thayer, okay. Thayer. Thayer. Okay. Am I not sharing? What happened? You're not sharing. You're not sharing. You. There we go. I thought I clicked it. Okay. So in the it's a January issue, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. January. Yeah, okay. January issue of Model Aviation, which has a really nice shot of the E Flight Cherokee. That's pretty snazzy. I always thought that was really nice. You're the photographer, Lee. What do you think about the cover shot? It was a very good picture. Yeah. It was, that, it was nice. Yeah. It almost looks almost full scale. Anyways. <laughs> I know there were people going, darn it, another foamy. But. I know. But this one looked, <laughs> uh, whoever did that. Um, I think it was Jay actually did a review on that model, so maybe it was his uh, his crew. Anyways, uh, they actually posted some of it online. Uh, uh, I did an article on the uh, Bomber Field 30th anniversary with the uh, help of Lee and his glorious camera. He's got several shots in there. I believe, Lee, this was your shot with the, the twin pups. Yeah, and... but that was also right before my camera died. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anybody heard or we talked the story, but my camera died shortly after, uh, I don't know, about an, an hour after I took that photo of the biplanes. Yeah, it, di it died hard. It died hard. Well, it was kind of death. But I am going to just promote myself. I took a lot of great video from that uh, event, and I don't know if I put it on RC Roundtable or my Raviation page, but uh, we got a lot of great video from that. So it was an yeah, awesome yeah. event. So whatever... You know, Fitz wrote in the article about how wonderful it was. Uh, go watch the video. We'll put a link on our page so you can uh, enjoy that. Yeah, you posted quite a bit of video. So uh, so the pictures are a mix of mine and Lee's. Uh, the top pick was a Mavic I was flying around. I borrowed from a friend. They said they wanted to use. Did I tell you about the issue I had with that picture, by the way? But no. This one? Okay, so I submitted this picture of the, the uh, high shot of the field. Yeah. Actually, they used a different shot. This is a second different picture. Uh, and I get a call back from uh, Jay, the editor. He goes, uh, do you have a higher resolution of that picture? And I'm thinking, uh, no, that should be a high resolution. And, and I look at the picture I sent him, and it was like like 2K or something, really small. Uh -huh. And I opened it up, and it was like 640 by 480. Oh, <laughs> so no. Was, like, no! Or, <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh, no, because... The Mavic is a friend of mine, so I thought, oh, did I not set the resolution correctly? Did I? What did I do? And I do some investigation. I found out that, no, you can't set the resolution correctly because it's defaulted to uh, in the raw image mode, which is really high resolution. And like, well, what happened? I just stuck it in my uh, Surface laptop and exported it from the raw image to a JPG. I do more investigation. I find out that apparently there's a bug in the Windows and that when you do that, it exports the thumbnail image and not the whole raw oh. image. And so I ended up just sending him the raw image file, which was like 17 megabytes or something like that, really yeah. big. Uh, and that was fine. I ended up using that. So I had a heart attack for about five minutes and, or so. 
And downsizing it on the page to 640 by 480. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> <laughs> right, hey, go back. I just noticed something. Look at the poll on the right. Oh, oh, hold on a second. Poll on the oh, this? No, not not the pool, the poll. Go to the right a little bit more. The right column of that screen. Here? I can't oh, poll. Oh, oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, look at this. <laughs> Oh, oh, yay. What well, I'm not, I wasn't self-promoting, but. Yeah, you're self-promoting. That's okay. In September 20th issue, author Terry Dunn discusses using hook and loop tape on batteries in his electric models. What issues do you have when using hook and loop tape? <laughs> what issues I, do I have yeah. when Terry gives me a plane that's got it backwards? <laughs> no, it's correct. <laughs> you have it backwards. <laughs> I've, I've already done my poll. My answer is. Complete. I am the right. Uh, so there's a poll. <laughs> if you get uh, there's a link on in the AMA today. That's where I found this. Okay. So that's, that's pretty neat. So we got a super hat trick here. So not well, only the article. You haven't talked about stuff. Terry's. There's Terry's. Yeah, other Terry, you had an article. I don't have a link for it, but uh, tell us about what you had in the this month's issue of Model Aviation. It was um, a review of the foam flight stands, which we've talked about here. So the articulating wood plywood stands that I've got. There's one around here somewhere. There's two around here, but I'd have to get up to get them. So foamflight.com, the the stands that we have there. So there's and a review is of them. Steve the one who built those? or Steve Mills, yep. Because he's writing a little comedy. He says, nice use of the foam flight stand there when you were doing the Radian pictures or oh, something. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, yeah, you'll see that. And there's a video on Model Aviation's YouTube page showing all about how I built the stands and used them. Yada, mm. yada. So... So I think the point of this whole conversation was that unknowingly we all had some sort of content in the latest issue of the magazine. Yeah, it we wasn't, weren't aware of it until it showed up on our doorstep. Just my doorstep. Our Christmas present from yeah. uh, I guess my we had no idea. We just was not planned. Warm fuzzy. Yeah, and yeah. so and towards the back of the issue in Thayer Symes uh, around the patch column, he talks about Sparky's book, Building with Foam. So yeah. It's like we're yeah. all holding hands, seeing Kumbaya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Sparky says, I was wondering why I had to start shipping out a bunch of more books. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. oh, wait, hold on. We're not done because uh, Lee did an uh, impromptu uh, contest when we figured this out and posted on our oh, Facebook page. Yeah, I forgot about that. And all, and we're just going to do a nice shout out to someone who got the closest. I don't know if he did. He get the Keith? Did he follow up with the Keith? Because I. The first yeah, he was, followed up. We okay. had to nudge him in that direction. <laughs> you nudged him, I think. Yeah. But so Jeffrey Arsenault, thank you for uh, uh, catching that little quiz I put on the uh, on our Facebook page. You mentioned that you were you tracked us down, and uh, we also found Keith. So thanks, guys, for you know following us on Facebook. And you know while we're at it, um, for those of you who are are tuning in on this YouTube uh, channel or listening on our podcast, if you're not a Facebook user. Let us know if there are any other outlets you'd like us to use to share more information, whether you'd like us to do more YouTube shows um, or if we should make some changes to our Facebook, or not our Facebook page, excuse me, but our website. So, you know, let us know. We're, we're hoping that 2019 will give us a, a great opportunity to make some big changes for our show, uh, make it bigger and better, and it'll only get that way with your help. So let us know. All right. And without... Any further ado, let's uh, move on to the next, uh, well, Lee, since you're talking, apparently you and your son had a wee bout with your uh, UM champ, didn't you? <laughs> this thing is awesome. 
you know, Austin won it at best about five or six years ago. This is the, um, well. <laughs> oh, oh, poor baby. What happened to it? This, this is the original. This is the ori from original pieces. Uh, well, I, I had to replace the rudder many crashes ago. Where's the camera? There we go. But this is uh, a, a well-loved airplane. If you have not picked up a Hobby Zone Champ, and, well, you have to be a Spectrum uh, transmitter user, too. Uh, it's a great little plane. It, it's probably not very good for anything over five-mile-an-hour winds. It's really great for just putting in the car, flying first thing in the morning, especially if you go to an event and just sit down in a chair and have fun. We have thoroughly enjoyed this champ. And we love it so much that at Georgetown last year, uh, I was at a table and some guy had a box. I said, what's this? And he says, it's a champ fuselage. I said, uh, how much do you want for it? He goes, five bucks. So I just bought it. And yeah. I just, it's been in my my room for a year and it's been sitting there. So after I would Austin, have made a twin champ, I'm just saying. Uh, you know what? That, I'm going to jump ahead. That's exactly what Austin said. <laughs> so I was like, no, I'm glad I saved it though, because uh, there's a happy ending. So he dorked it in the tree a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he was using his uh, FPV gear, which by the way, we'll talk about later, but he has a new little uh, FPV headset and he just, uh, uh, well, he, he got beyond what I would have recommended, but he got it stuck in a tree and it was beat up in the tree because they kept throwing like footballs at it or something to get it out. So they just smashed it to death when they were trying to get it out. The next morning it came out and uh, I, I was able to fix it. But when we went out last weekend, uh, Ryan was renting his truck. And, you know, no matter how many times you tell your kids, don't get near the planes, full speed vroom, and just smashed into the champ. That plane? So, yeah. So, but uh, to just jump ahead, it has been saved. Yay. So the champ has got its new fuselage. All the electronics are back in. The original wing actually is not too bad. It had a couple of hairline cracks in it, but I, I saved it. Custom wings are pretty cheap. I think they're like five bucks or six bucks. Yeah. But I mean, it's like we, we were able to save it. So yeah. I didn't have to spend the five bucks. But I mean, I'm, I'm just patting myself on the back. I thought I did a pretty darn good job on making a new champ tail with uh, three millimeter foam. Is that and, three? Uh, yeah, that's three. Okay. So anyway, uh, flies great. In fact, uh, I mean, the motor even sounds better too because I think some people don't do a lot of cleaning of their motor after you know several years of use. So I took it out, did a lot of oiling and brushing it out. So it, it really does fly smooth. Still not made for wind, but I will tell you, he had a little damage. I'm not sure if it was from the tree or the, or the runover, uh, the drive-by. Um, but the, the rudder servo is not moving very well. It's, it's got a little jittery and it won't center properly. So you might get this in a turn and, and pull back and it's still turning it to go the other way. It'll go too much. So you've got to find that happy place. But it's very minor to the fact that we got our plane back. So uh, if you saw my post on Facebook, which I thought was pretty funny, there was a story called the Ship of Theseus. It's about a, uh, I don't, he wasn't a pirate, but uh, anyway, he had a ship that uh, kept getting repaired and the crew kept the pieces in a warehouse. So if someone rebuilt that, that boat from the warehouse pieces, would that be the ship of Theseus or would the new one, the one he's been using? So I just find it funny that if, if for some reason I had the gall <laughs> time, uh, loss of, uh, intelligence to take this and, and build another one out of it, you know, which one's the original. All right. So there we go. Champ, great plane. Get one. Worth so it. What's the uh, FPV gear you're using on it? Is that a cricket? Yeah. <laughs> well, great. So you, you, uh, Ryan ran over the champ 
Daddy stepped on the cricket cam. Oh. <laughs> well, and I blame Austin because he left it in the floor, you know, because this, this walkway here is nuts. I'm not going to show you on pictures, but, uh, you know, Austin just took something off. He left it on the ground. I just stepped on it and crushed the antenna. So oh. for Christmas, I bought two cricket cams. They were on sale at ReadyMade RC. They're nice little 25 milliwatt uh, cameras. And uh, uh, he loves it. I mean, it, it, you know, when I took the helmet and he was flying, it's, it's really kind of cute to fly it. And the Champ S Plus already has a an extension off the receiver to power their little okay. cricket cam camera so we also put a cricket cam on the champ nice and the little champ hauls the camera around without protest nothing yeah okay. it's cricket cam just it's that's it's very small yeah but still i mean what's that a, a one ounce airplane yeah well so yeah it's under the limit yay <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it, it holds it great. So if you get if you have FPV and you want to put that on that, it's uh, it's it's perfect. Cool. So that's my champ story. <laughs> do you have any comments, Fitz? You have been silent. Yeah, no, nothing to add. That's... Do you do you guys have a champ? No. Um, no. I mean, I've had my share of ultra microplanes, and I have some champ wings I've put to use, but I've never owned the uh, Buckstock champ. Oh. May may get Santa to stop by y'all's house next uh, the end of this year. <laughs> that would be lovely. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see, someone who was had some issues with programming Spectrum something. Is this radio? Yeah, or yeah. What, what so that's me. We'll go back to the um, the night radian. So I bought that module and the light module, and the way it works is it takes two channels of your receiver. And I thought, no big deal, because the Bind and Fly version comes with the six-channel receiver, the AR636A, which is Spectrum's out-of-the-box, safe AS3X um, receiver that comes in their uh, ready-to-fly models. Right, but the A series is the one that's programmed for that plane. Is that the difference in an A and not an A? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Something I, I didn't realize the distinction. A little, uh, little shout-out to Chris Wolf because I had some questions about stabilization and stuff and he and i were talking about the 636 and that's something i learned is that the a is like pre-programmed for that particular airplane in terms of the gains for the stabilization and all that i i assume so and the servo directions things like yeah okay i can see all that and i didn't think that would be an issue because really i'm just going to plug it into two unused channels and set switches to those channels and be done with it right well when i first soldered everything up and plugged it in Nothing was working. I'm like, doggone it, I must have soldered it wrong, or this board is bad. And then uh, I decided to do some troubleshooting first, and I unplugged the light controller and put servos into those unused channels, and the servos weren't doing anything. I'm like, oh, this is really weird. So come to find out, on that model, the, the night radian, with that receiver, channels four through six are just inactive. They're dead. There's nothing going to those output ports. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. That's exactly what Chris, you know Chris was saying. I think every A why does is it make different. sense? Why why would they just disable that? Well, because they they pre-programmed that A model. I think that's their that's how they figured out anything that you get with an A in it has been programmed by Horizon Hobby for that kit. So if you I, pick up an A out of a P forty seven and an A out of a Cub, they're not going to work the same because they're tweaked. 
I get it, but do they have to kill unused channels to accomplish that? <laughs> yes, they do. It's their prerogative. <laughs> I, I could understand channels five and six because they're just superfluous. But I'm like, surely they didn't deactivate the rudder channel. I mean, the physical rudder on the plane is through the aileron channel, but you know, rudder, it, it's rudder, right? What? But no, the rudder channel's dead. Well, we just got a note from Steve. It says uh, two channels used for safe in AS3X. Um, I'm not sure how that is incorporated into the receiver, but it's not part of the programming. It's embedded into it. So you still have those two extra channels free to use. Yeah, you'll have to have those two channels programmed in your transmitter to turn off. Well, I think you can turn off safe or you can pick the three settings for safe, correct? You can pick the three settings for safe without enabling either five or any of those extra channels. It's somehow embedded into that. I don't know how they did that, but the the mode switch and all that works without the extra channel. Maybe that is the extra channel. But you're getting me off course. <laughs> Go. <laughs> don't confuse so, me with facts. <laughs> what I had to do, I had to get one of the programming cables. There's a few options. There's a Bluetooth and a USB. And I think there's also a smartphone version that goes through your headphone jack. I got the USB version and basically it plugs into the data port on your receiver. And then there's an app that you can run on Windows or Apple or whatever. And basically it brings up a menu that's specific to that receiver. And I didn't go into any of the gain settings for for the safe and all that because I didn't need to. But it's just a matter of going in and selecting those two channels and and activating them to certain functions. And that was it. Once I did that, everything worked perfectly. I just thought it was very weird that they would... Uh, we heard that. That was very weird that they were inactive out of the box, and I couldn't understand why. And it took a lot of troubleshooting. I even called Horizon. I called their tech support line and asked, is this what's going on? They're like, I don't know. And this was, of course, a holiday weekend, and so it took a while to, to get a firm answer from them. But in the meantime, with the servo, I was able to determine that. So, well, I will say that's, that's something I pulled up on a couple of websites about how do I modify a 636A receiver for my plane? You know, that's not from the original aircraft. Not right. like you're moving it from one P-47 to another P-47. Right. So there There's are, a huge RC groups thread about that. Yeah, yeah. And that's just, that's great because I picked up a 636 for um, the Skyhunter. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to play with that. Made sure I got the the plain one and not right. pick up an A online. But uh, you know, I had a I had a six three six A on the. Well, you know what? I take that back. No, I think the Cub is pretty old. The CZ Cub that I have, and that was a six three five, one of the mm. first series. So I think that was one where it was really they're not tweaked for that plane. And I just had so many terrible problems with it. I yanked out the stabilization. So, but I'm oh. I'm curious about it. I wouldn't mind playing with some more AS three X. Receivers, especially since it's been a while, and uh, you know, try to try to get that programming tool and see if I can and, and learn it. You know, I'm I'm open for that. Yeah, I didn't go deep into that RC groups thread, but I poked around at it, and there are some people who are really getting down into the nitty gritty of how you change around some of that safe programming. So I don't know that I'm interested enough to to really get to that level of granularity, but I'm interested to see what sort of things you can do beyond just activating dead channels so and, well, and yeah. i'm going to be doing that too so we'll keep in touch yeah so the moral story is if you're going to get one of those light controllers get the spectrum cable too because 
that that's worthless without it. That is, if you have the bind and fly version, if you've got the version where you put your own receiver in, then you're good to go. And that's funny because I contacted the guy who makes that light controller and I said, no, something's not working here. And he's like, he had the other version. He'd only tested it with his own receiver. I'm like, oh, well, FYI, people with the bind and fly are going to need this. Mm. Anyway, that's it. Uh, yeah, I have a, a programming cable now and who knows what I'll do with it. Oh, it's right here. 20 bucks. Not bad. My local hobby shop had it. So. Very nice. Thanks, Fields Hobby. <laughs> <laughs> this episode brought to you by. All right. Okay. Let's uh, oh, real quick. Let's run down the last few topics we have. Uh, I want to leave one for next time. You, you know what that is. Uh, well, we just had Christmas. And I know you guys, uh, Christmas is not all that big a deal for me because uh, I don't have uh, 8,000 kids like you guys do. What did you guys get for Christmas? RC related? Yeah. Anything? No, nobody buys me RC stuff. No, oh, they just don't. No, they know better. Is that by choice? <laughs> well, they know better. Yeah, yeah. I think people used to get me gift cert- gift certificates, and that was fine. Yeah. But really, in terms of buying me stuff, you know, what what would they get me? So, stuff. Yeah, unless stuff? I made. Spe- I'm sure I could make a specific request and say I want X Y Z model. You know, two, three, four. Here's the website for it. But if somebody wanted to surprise me with a gift that they, they would be at a loss. Yeah. Yeah. Done. Oh, well. And really, what do I need? Yeah. Good point. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. How about you, Lee? Well, so we have the fits. I don't have kids to the Terry. What do they know about me? And to me, I did good this year. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to show off some of the stuff. And if you were on our YouTube, uh, show a couple uh, i guess a couple months ago my problem was i didn't have long enough cord to do my little show now i've got a 10 foot <laughs> cord so i want to tell you all the best present i got this year it was amazing i don't know if i put the whole video up on our facebook page but uh austin wanted to do something special for me i wasn't allowed to come in the workshop uh, a couple of days i figured i was thinking in my head he was going to build a funner and lightning for himself whether he's going to build it out of foam or out of uh, flight test foam but he got me, he'd made this video that uh, had him do a time lapse of taking an old Thunder and Lightning that I built a long time ago, probably six, eight years ago, that's made out of blue Dow fanfold foam and made it a twin. Cool. What did you call that one before? Orange Bang. Orange Bang, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So this, this Orange Bang flew great. Uh, I took some... I, I took the gear off. In fact, I, I remember why. I had the high-speed 65s on this one, and I used them for the yellow jacket that you guys might remember from Dogfight. Oh, the servos. Yeah. Okay. So I gave him the, the plane. It's been sitting in his closet all this time, just sitting on the shelf. Well, that sucker, that sucker just wowed me. He he took it, and now this ain't pretty, guys, but it's the thought <laughs> that counts. He put glue and everything all over the place. But that little guy, he went online um, – using mommy's money money uh went to the flight test site picked up a, a twin setup package for another plane they have mm-hmm. and he he did a pretty darn good job uh i i've flown it i'm going to try to wrap this up uh we have video i'll repost it again but uh he has a flight video that was amazing and I, the surprise was uh, after he got his gopro 7 for christmas which he is just ecstatic i mean he's just i can't 
this kid's face is beamed. He goes, I got to give you my present now, dad. <laughs> so he actually like that morning made a video of him taking it out and flying it. And he went upstairs and finished editing his little uh, surprise for me. And it shows at the very end of the video when he did a time-lapse building it, him about to toss it, and then he cut. Uh, yeah, that he, was a good cut. <laughs> I just, I mean, it was awesome, though. I loved it because he said, you know where to go, Dad. So I found it. I saw the video. We went out and flew it. It's really fun. It does need a little bit more speed. These motors are kind of tiny. But this was a great gift. So, so I will most likely, uh, now that my son beat me to the punch, uh, I will make another Thunder Lightning twin with uh, CF-88 and some motors that I like. So be on the lookout for that. Did that and, hit you in the feels? Yes, I was feeling good. It was it was awesome. And then, you know, to go out with him and fly. And here's the other little thing. I knew something was up when he'd asked me a week before to say, hey, Dad, I've never flown to Thunder and Lightning. Can you go take me out to the field and fly the Thunder and Lightning? And I was like, oh, that's neat. You know, he's I'll, I'll show you. And he flew it, and he was great. He was like, I don't need to teach you anything. But he kept asking me questions like, well, where's the CG on this? Like, how, how do you apply power when you land? I mean, it's all these little things. If you going to make a twin, <laughs> what motors would you use? So I was like, okay. And, and at one point, he kept going back on the CG. It's like, would you please stop asking me about the CG? Just fly the plane, you know? So anyway, he was doing great. So uh, that's the that's the nice gift I got. I got a, a couple other things. But I wanted to show you guys uh, one thing I bought myself. Uh, Is that considered regifting? That he gave you a <laughs> present be. that you gave him. Yeah. It, well, it's the fruitcake of RC. Well, I don't know. I, I guess you could say that, but I mean, he spent way more money for the electronics that, on that. Yeah. So he did a um, good job with that. That uh, shows ingenuity. Hey, hey, yeah, it, it was really clever, and it flew great. I had to. I, I think when he was flying it, he had the battery way too forward. Uh, so it was very nose heavy. So I, I was able to move it back and do a little trimming and it flew. If even better. only you'd told him more about the CG. <laughs> well, I, I thought I did. <laughs> I didn't actually check the CG, but anyway, I bought myself a little gimbal uh, for my GoPro five. They had these mm -hmm. on sale at a place uh, that I can't name because I have a good friendship with somebody. Uh, but it's a Fiotech. Fiotech. Are you familiar with that? brand oh. fits or something it's this little battery powered gimbal for my gopro 5 i'm going to start it so you guys can see it is it something my, you my session handheld five. yeah it's just a little handheld oh, but nice. it's pretty darn cool and it's got a little weight to it but i was talking to austin saying you know what i was thinking of getting this for is to take the plywood tray from that cub because it's got a little pilot figure and make another tray because it's got a quarter 20 on the bottom and just yeah. stick that right there in the in the cub <laughs> just because it's it's a lot of fun and it might even fit on my uh cz cub that'll be interesting to see a stabilized view on a fixed wing plane yeah because as you bank it's going to stay horizontal i know yeah. that's, i just think it'd be kind of cool though <laughs> so, so anyway. are the batteries for it in that base there mm -hmm. okay so you could yank those out and shoot a lead up there from a u-back or something maybe if you wanted to save weight they're they're not very heavy I mean, um does it have any controls for elevation or anything? Like it doesn't. That? It's it's all just it's meant to be standalone. I mean, and uh, another thing I got it for is because it was relatively inexpensive. I mean, I think I paid eighty bucks for it. Oh, uh, Austin. Well, Austin wants to do stuff on his bike and, and things. So, and you oh, can yeah. put it on a pole. Uh, the footage I saw was a guy who was just walking around a park or something, and I, I just thought it was neat. So, you know, I'm going to have fun with it. I I might be able to get it to invert. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and go on a quad or something like that, just to try to keep a, a steady shot. Uh, <laughs> you, you, might, you know, I was just thinking on a gimbal lock. Yeah, I was just thinking that you might gimbal lock it on a fixed wing plane if you're not careful. But anyway, just kind of well, it could. But it does once you hit the limit, it'll eventually pan back. So, oh, okay, that's um. 
So as far as gifts, that's all I'm going to chat about. I got some uh, gift cards and little things like that and CA for myself. <laughs> it, that'll be good when you're at events and you do the walk around of the pits and things like that. So. Mm-hmm. I, I just figured I've always wanted to have one. Although the session five has digital stabilization, it's not too bad. Uh, Austin's mm-hmm. GoPro seven has incredible stabilization. It's mm. really good. And I was like floored. I I wasn't expecting it to be that good. So we actually, I think I showed you guys the video. I've I, seen some with it. You can tell when they use the stabilization because the, the it's a static mount, but the plane shifts around. <laughs> yeah, the plane's <laughs> like this and the horizon is just a rock. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I just, I, I took advantage of that uh, Christmas special. I picked up a couple of LiPo batteries for myself. Um, a couple of new Lifey batteries, receiver batteries. So hey, that was my Christmas. Oh, and this is not a Christmas thing, but I do want to show you this one last thing because uh, this is something I complained about a lot. But I, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm the Grinch, and my heart grew three sizes that day. I'm going to try to restore or recover or bring back to light this POS revolution. Oh, that's I, the Horizon plane you were. I, I ripped on? out all the brains. <laughs> All the stupid servos. <laughs> stuff. Brain. I put in my nine gram servos, put skewers on the tail in here because this thing was just like flexing terribly. Yeah. And anyway, and I grabbed my old Easy Star brushed speed controller that I had somewhere stored in a bin in the shelves. And I'm going to give this thing a chance to see if we can have fun with it. So, of course, you can. Stay tuned. So it doesn't belong to you, right? It still belongs to the kid. You're just. Regutting yeah. it. I, I, I think whatever Just he holding got, it for him. I was going to say, whatever he got for Christmas, he's completely forgotten uh, about <laughs> this terrible plane that he dorked into the ground. But mm-hmm. Maybe I'll give it to him and we'll see how it goes. All right. That's the end of my, my spiel. All right. Uh, all right. Well, like you made up pretty well, Lee. I did. I had a good year. You made up for the rest of us. You made up for us. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and speaking of uh, making up, we're maybe even talking about getting together. Yeah, we got a couple <sighs> events coming up. What, Terry? Did that look on your Seeing face? you guys in person. It's a, a weird concept. <laughs> I probably <laughs> I probably shrunk, <laughs> lost more hair. You won't recognize me. <laughs> Not used to seeing us corporal beings. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I uh, kid. Well, we got two things coming up. Uh, Lee and I, it looks like we're going to see if we can make it out to the Georgetown swap meet coming up Hoping. in what? A week or two? Next week. Yeah, next week. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. Something has come up for my son's Cub Scouts. But no. if, uh, but the good news is because my oldest is a Life Scout, uh, he might be able to actually take my place. Oh. So if that's if that works, uh, then yes, you and I are going to Georgetown. Cool. You have the con number one. <laughs> <laughs> As consumers or sellers or what? Well, as Both. RC roundtable hosts, as you know, interviewers, and if I have money in my pocket, maybe a couple of buyers. <laughs> well, I actually plan on trying to sell one thing, um, so but it's not a it's not a major thing. So, so You're not going to tell us, are you? Uh, no, it's one of the little planes you've seen it before. Hmm. Okay, important. Uh, I'm not really looking to buy anything per se, unless something really jumps out at me. But something I'm waiting for the auction, a five dollar. Yeah, <laughs> let's see if we get another five dollar plane. Please, With please, please, like, yes, but I'm going to keep my hands in my pockets. <laughs> <laughs> if you remember last time I accidentally bid on something, right? right. 
<laughs> the bidding ended. The guy walks over to me. Here you go. Like, wait, what? And if it was like, I was just checking my camera or something. I don't remember what your, yeah. where your camera was, but his face was just like, dude. <laughs> yeah, don't wave your hands at Georgetown when you're in the auction. Just yeah. stand like this. <laughs> so now, was that the one where the tax man was last year? Yes. Yeah. Okay, that'll be interesting to see if they come back. Yeah, that's kind of why I want to go. I want to do a follow-up, see if they can recover. Yeah. yeah. See how it's going. Right. We'll see. We'll see. So but this is, wait, what are the details? Georgetown, Texas. Yeah, near, right side of Austin, right? North side of Austin, near yeah. Round. It's actually closer to Round Rock. Okay. And I think it's Friday and Saturday. I think that's when I went. I think I went Friday and Saturday. Like, Correct? A week from today. Yes, but yeah. I'm, I think Vince is going to show up here Friday night. We're going to get up early and go out Saturday. Yeah, All that's right. a January eighteenth and nineteenth. Okay, that'll be fun. So we'll yeah. if 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 everything works out, uh, when Fitz and I go, we'll do some live Facebook feeds. Good, sounds like a plan. And if and any then, of you out in Internet Land are going, say hi. Yeah, yeah look for us. Say hello. We might even have some stickers with us. <gasps> if I can find any. <laughs> Maybe we need some RC Roundtable brand lipos. Yeah. <laughs> Where are those old Kokums we can relabel? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're uh, 500C. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, the next uh, event is hopefully will be all three of us. This is neat. And that's uh, the AMA Expo East. Yes. In Secaucus, New Jersey. Say that again. Secaucus. What'd you call me? Uh, <laughs> it's right across the river from Manhattan. Oh, is it? Yep. Is that close, really? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was further south on the New Jersey. Nope. Yeah, right there. You can throw a rock and well, hit the river. <laughs> and hit the ground? Yeah. <laughs> very close. It's a, a quick and cheap bus ride if you want to go into Manhattan from there. <laughs> but why oh, would cool. you want to? You want to stay at the expo for all three days. Yeah. This uh, I'm particularly interested in this because I've, I've been to the AMA West some many moons ago, and but that was before the East even existed. So I'd be curious to see how the East looks like compared to what I experienced before. Well, this used to be a different show. Was it yes. the Ram show before? I, I understood it had some relations to the Ram, but... Uh, there's, that, yeah, somebody's screaming at their computer right now. I don't, I don't yeah. know what the genesis of it was, but it, yeah. it was historically a different... That, it's funny. The Ram Show was the first show I ever went to like that. Back when I was a teenager, when I lived in Connecticut, uh, I had a high school teacher that was into RC models, and he says, "Hey, I want to go to this Ram Show. You kids want to come along?" And uh, oh yeah, that's he, the same guy that gave you a plane or sold you a plane or something. No, no, he never gave me one. Uh, but it was like a shop instructor, and he, you yeah, know, but... I was interested in models, and so I went. Had another guy, another classmate went, although he had no interest in models. I don't know why he went, but uh, <laughs> for the chips. But it was cool. That's why I bought my first plane. That's where it was. Not any. Uh, okay. Yeah. Now I remember. I bought one. Did I subsequently flew into the side of a school? Nice. <laughs> Eighty-eight so, Magnum shoots yeah. through schools. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, person and the children and what did he? Uh, Never mind. My mother hung me on a hook once. 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 <laughs> anyway, Lee, you've been quiet. What's your thoughts? No, I'm excited about you know AMA East. This, I've never been to one. I've never been to the expo. Um, I think it's exciting that the three of us can get together and we can represent RC Roundtable at a, at a large RC event. I hope that'll be fun. I I'm hoping that we'll be able to 
figure out a way to let our listeners know that we'll be at a certain place at a certain time and maybe do a live broadcast from, you know, a corner of the hall or, <laughs> or, the uh, or we'll just sneak into a vacant booth and just interrupt them. <laughs> so, yeah. Enough about your fiberglass talk. We got to talk yeah. RC roundtable. So it's not set in stone yet, but it's looking like we'll, we'll all be there. And this is February 23rd to the 25th or 22nd to the 24th that weekend in February. And uh, I am most likely going to be there. I've been invited to do a how to talk. Um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I'll be talking about how I do the cameras for my in-flight stuff. And then if Fitz and Lee are able to make it up, we'll just be hanging out and, and shooting the breeze. Well, and here's here's something I we the three of us have talked about, haven't shared it with our listeners yet, but you know, by going to this expo, we want to go meet new vendors. You know, we 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 really want to pretend like we know what we're talking about. And, and we'd like to talk with vendors that maybe you'd like us to, to chat with because you can't go to the event or you'd like to learn more about their products. So we're going to go out and reach out to some of these vendors and, and learn about some of the products they have and see if we can either get them on the show or do an interview while we're there at the expo. So you're input is helpful. If you guys uh, want us to look for something or there's a particular, I mean, I don't know anything about the event, so I don't know. Uh, Terry, you can name some of the events that happened during the show. Cause remember you went to the indoor event, right? What else about, do they have? Oh, they had indoor control line flying. Okay. Electric, and they had mm. uh, some open flying for small foamies and pellies and stuff. There's some neat stuff going on. They have a boat pond and stuff was going on there the whole time. They had uh, kind of a rocket make and take. There's all sorts of stuff to do there. And um, yeah, the, well, I kind a of, number of vendors too. I mean, I know I could just sit there and walk around, but if if some people gave us some guidance on what they'd like to see and hear, uh, that'd be great. I would like to make oh, an episode of it. The, there's going to be a lot of good speakers this year. Um, Mason there... Hutchinson from uh, uh, Scale Composites will be there. And last year he talked about mm. the big, big plane. Um, so I don't know if he's going to be talking about that again this year. Um, but Matt Chapman is a new one now. He's the guy that flies the Embry-Riddle aerobatic plane. Yeah. Um, other, you have to look at it on the website. There's other people there. Um, well, and, and also if any of our listeners are big wigs and they can get us into some parties, let us know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> speaking of places to go last year, when I was there, Thayer and I took a side trip to, um, the airplane museum. What is that? The Intrepid. And we went over there for the afternoon, and holy cow, that was a great trip. So we, uh, the boat itself, we would have stayed forever, but they closed and kicked us out of there. And so mm -hmm. then we explored Manhattan a little bit. But, um, yeah, there's just so much stuff to do around there, and the museum was great. So I, uh, there's a lot to do. I would encourage anybody who's up in that general area, I know we've got some listeners in Connecticut and maybe Long Island and around there, come on out, come see us. Um, throw rotten tomatoes during my presentation. I don't care. Um, I'm, that's my job. Whatever. You can hand out the tomatoes. <laughs> I'm going to make some money on the side. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, Terry, is the list of speakers presented somewhere? The list of yeah, speakers? it's, uh, I don't know the exact website. If you go, well, you know what? Google AMA Expo. Okay. And they have and, itinerary and whatnot up there already? Yeah, I'm listed under how to. How to um, drill well, holes in your plane? Yes. <laughs> There's also a uh, Facebook page for the MA Expo, which I'm, they, they seem to oh, be posting right. there uh, every couple of days. Uh, Steven Wattenberg, I think, said he was going. So hopefully we'll see him there. And He wants me to shoot you with marshmallow guns. 
Oh man, that'd be fun. Am I missing something? Is that an in joke? Oh, no. just, <laughs> instead of rotten tomatoes, shoot you with a marshmallow again. Oh, yeah. oh, I get it. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. Sorry, I'm slow. That's all right. <laughs> you shoot me with a marshmallow gun right into my mouth. <laughs> well, to me, that's a great way for us to start this year. Have plans to go to some events. Uh, I'm, I mean, my personal little uh, resolution is I'd love to attend at least two RC events, flying events this uh, every month this year. Oh, every uh, month. Re- yeah. Every, wow. Yeah. Even two every month. I'd like to. That's that's a, it's it's a goal. If I get one a month, that'll be that'll be good. But I'd like to do two because we've got a lot of a lot of cool events. And even if they're not aviation related, I know there's some car events going on. Uh, Fitz, we talked about the the new RC Hobby Shop uh, down in Sugarland, so we might go visit yeah. them, see what they've got going on. But you know, there's uh, it's kind of that like, uh, we want to keep the hobby going. We got to support the the fields and, and the hobby shops. So uh, that's kind of what I want to do is to make sure we people don't give up. I know I I've known. A few people, a handful of people that got out of the hobby because of all the government regulations. But uh, I think we're having fun. I think the show has been great. Uh, we've had people come up and, and greet with us and meet with us. We had a wonderful time at Flight Fest. I hope that comes back this year. Yeah, uh, Flight Fest. We had quite a few people that listened to the show that came up and talked to. We met some really, really nice, uh, great people out there. Yeah, we had like what four or five people sit in with us. So, you yeah. know, let's let's do better than that next year. Uh, and let's um, this next year, later this year, and hopefully, cross our fingers, they'll come back to uh, Texas. But if not, hey, is anybody up for Flight Fest Ohio? Boys, interesting. Will you just drop the hammer on us, <laughs> Terry? Would you go again? Yeah, it's a quick commute for me, and I was planning to go anyway. Well, so. I'm telling you right now, my uh, my oldest is begging me. And I, so, and I like I'd love to do that. Yeah, the only question for me is: it another day trip, or can I wrangle the time to stay overnight? So, well, I know he. <laughs> I mean, if I brought him, I would just say, "Take a sleeping bag to the build tent. I'll catch you in the morning." Because <laughs> that's uh, all he did. And, and we also had neat too that we were talking about at one point. We, we talked about going to neat. Uh, that's again, uh, guys. This video is great because it just. Uh, I think it. Uh, it shares with you our excitement of what we want to do this year. So if there are events, uh, if you guys are listening to this you know, video later on in this, this year or whatever, if there are stuff you like us to attend, talk about, uh, email us, uh, contact at rcroundtable.com, go to our Facebook page, post, let us know. We're eager to go out there and have some fun. And I know uh, just you know, with Flight Fest and the same expo, I'm, I'm in the mood. I'm in the mood to go have some fun with my <laughs> RC friends. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> uh, well, on, on that note, uh, I can't think of anything else to add. Uh, we really look forward to this year. This is going to be a glorious year for modeling, I think, for us. Uh, I think this is, you know, it's in our blood, so we're going to make the best of it. And hopefully we can get out and reach out and touch some of you guys out there in the world and have a good time doing it. So thanks to everybody who joined us. It was very short notice and an awkward time. So appreciate people who joined in live. Yep. Yeah, appreciate thanks. it. Thanks for the questions. Thanks for joining in. We appreciate you all. And uh, on that note, uh, I think we'll end the, the uh, live broadcast, and we'll see you next time. See you guys. Bye. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts. Where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.